0: Hi, my name's Clayton, and you're listening to the Isaiah 43 Podcast, where we explore how God has formed us, redeemed us, and how He calls us today. Each week we will journey through Scripture to understand all that God has done, what exactly His call is for our lives today. This is week 54, an apologetics week, where we combat the world's lies with God's truth. Imagine you're having dinner with a friend. You go over to your best friend's house. You both have a nice meal and enjoy the company of one another. As the night goes on, your conversation turns from being a light-hearted one to a much more serious one. At one point, your friend turns and looks at you and says, What's the purpose of life? How would you respond to that? It's a difficult question for some. Well, maybe some of you respond by saying that your purpose in life is to follow Jesus And glorify God. And for the sake of this illustration, let's say that's what you said. Your friend pauses for a moment, thinking over what you just told them, and finally your friend says, Well, what was Jesus' purpose? How would you respond to that? Again, the answer might not be as easy if you have never thought about it before. Several answers may come to mind. Well, Jesus came to save sinners, or Jesus came to die on the cross, or something like that. All of these are good responses, for sure, but what if Jesus' purpose wasn't that simple? And what if it wasn't that easy? This week, we have a big topic ahead of us. So we need humble hearts, willing to accept whatever it is that Scripture holds for us today. And to do that, we need prayer. So let us pray. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your mighty blessings, Lord. We, th- we thank you so much. And we ask that in today's episode, you will be glorified, you will be magnified, Father. And let us remember that your son came with a purpose that was burdensome, that was heavy and, and not easy, Lord, but revealed to us that it was a burdensome trouble, yes, but it was also a glorious purpose, Lord one that would magnify you and magnify your son in the glory that both of you held before the foundation of the world, Lord. And it's a hard concept for us to wrap our minds around. But let us have humble hearts and willing minds to accept the truth that is revealed in your scripture and let us not turn or twist it to whatever it is we want it to be, but let us accept the scriptures for what they are, Lord. And I pray that you will, Use me as an instrument to speak your truth this day. Forgive us of our sins, and we thank you for the sins that you have forgiven us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, let us think on the purpose of Jesus for a moment. On several occasions, Jesus states his purpose. He says in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, that he, the Son of Man, came to seek and to save the lost. In Mark chapter 10 verse 45, Jesus says that he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. In John chapter 10, he says that he came so they may have life and have it to the full. And in John chapter 6 verse 33, Jesus says that he came down from heaven to do the will of him who sent him. Now, taking all that in consideration, we can effectively say that Jesus came into the world To do the will of God the Father so that the lost sinner may be saved. To do this, Jesus had to serve and to give his blameless life so that the lost sinner may have life in God. To accomplish his purpose, Jesus had to give up something, something that we all value life. These few short verses that we highlighted indicate Jesus' purpose, but they also tell us that this purpose could not be accomplished easily. For all accounts, it seems clear that Jesus knew what his purpose was and in many ways, it burdened him. Not in the sense that we often think of burdens, as in they are so heavy and debilitating. That's not what I mean. What I mean is that, yes, it was a heavy burden, yet Christ took it willingly. Let's read some scripture that I think highlights This and makes it more clear as we go along. Let's turn to Isaiah 53. We will be reading, as usual, from the ESV or English Standard Version. As we read this, pay close attention to the moments that show up and show purpose and hardship and yet glory. So, once again, Isaiah chapter 53, verses 1 through 12. And he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep, that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off of the land of living, stricken for the transgression of my people? And they made his grave with the wicked, and with the rich man in his death. Although he had done no violence, I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death, and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sins of many, and makes intercession for the transgressors. Now, let's break this down and examine it verse by verse, so we can fully comprehend the weight of glory. We'll start with verse 2. For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. The phrase that stands out here is, like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. Why? Well, remember our whole purpose today is to highlight that Christ was burdened with glorious purpose. Dry ground indicates that the ground is not fertile. Now the prophet Isaiah could be referring to the fact that the land that the Messiah would come from and minister to would be full of people who had hardened hearts and are not receptive to the things of God. And we know that this was very much the case. A young plant needs nutrients to survive. Without it, it will die. Only specific plants can survive in dry ground. But even though it is a challenge for them to grow, They can, and Christ was no different. The ground that Christ was growing up in, so to speak, was dry. Of the people of his time, Jesus would say, Oh, you unbelieving, perverse generation. They didn't want to hear his words. They wanted nothing to do with him. Jesus knew that this would be a challenge, a burden, if you will. It's one thing to go into a room and tell people news when they all share your own beliefs and ideas. It's a different thing to go in a room and tell people something that they believe is different than you. Who wants to do that? No one's happy about facing opposition. That was the first weight on Jesus' shoulders. The fact that the people he would be coming to save would be those who would not want to hear his message and they would reject it. And this brings us to our next verses. He was despised and rejected by men Here we see the next burden of Christ on his way to glory. He was despised and rejected, yes. Many were unwilling to hear his message. But the phrase that stands out here again is a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Jesus was burdened with grief and sorrow. In John chapter 6, Jesus has told the people that he is the bread from heaven and anyone who partakes in him and abides in him will live forever. Yet the people say, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? And they turn away. And just a few short verses later, Jesus turns to his disciples and you can hear the heartbreak in his voice in verse 67 when he says, do you want to go away as well? And Jesus is not a stone cold, heartless guy. No, we see when his friend Lazarus dies, Jesus weeps. Despite all of that, How could one not be acquainted with grief and sorrow when one knows that for those who would believe and to be saved, a terrible, gruesome sacrifice must be made on the cross? Yet in John chapter 16, beginning in verse 16, Jesus begins to tell his disciples that their sorrow will become joy. Jesus knew that the sorrow and grief ahead of him would be great. He knew that the burden of the cross would be almost unbearable. He knew that the pain he would bear would be unimaginable, and still he believed that through it all there would be joy at the end. Why? Remember, Jesus' purpose was to save lost sheep. If that meant that he must suffer for his sheep to be saved, then so be it. It will be terrible, but the joy that comes after will be far greater. But if we have gone over the burden part, then what is the glorious part? Well, again, I think we should look at Jesus' own words. In John chapter 17, verses 1 through 5, Scripture records Jesus saying, When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, They know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Here, Jesus reveals the glorious purpose. He has talked about it in the past, and now he mentions it some more. Jesus has given authority over all flesh to the... he shall give eternal life to the elect. The only way that this is accomplished is by believing in the one true God and His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus glorified God on earth by living a perfect and blameless life and finishing the work that He was given to do before the foundation of the world. Now, Jesus is to be glorified in heaven. The glorious purpose and the burden of such can also be found in the Apostle Paul's letter to the Philippians in Philippians chapter 2 verses 6 through 11 Paul writes who though he was in the form of God did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It is clear here once again that Jesus, truly God, became a man and humbled himself. He went from the superior being of God to the inferior being of humanity, again, without losing his godhood. And he humbled himself in the obedience to the cross, a cross that would torture and humiliate him. But because of this burden, because of this pain, and because of this obedient death, God has highly exalted him. Not just exalted him, but highly exalted him, so that he is above every name, and one day, every knee, every tongue, everything, All of creation, even Satan himself, will confess that Jesus Christ is the sovereign God over all creation. Jesus' purpose was burdensome. It was tough, and it weighed on him greatly. He knew the price that he would have to pay, but he knew that this purpose was a glorious one. He knew that by suffering, there would be a great joy that followed. And not only would the people of God be saved from their sins... But Jesus would receive all honor and glory for all the ages to come. Now let's go back to the question that our friend asked us in the beginning. What is the purpose of life? Well, let's imagine that you echo the Westminster Catechism and you say, it is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. But in the light of Jesus' purpose, shouldn't we think about this a little bit more deeply? To glorify God and enjoy Him forever is a good response. Don't get me wrong. However, if this is what our purpose is in life, then shouldn't we start trying to fulfill our purpose? Now look, Jesus' purpose could only have been fulfilled by obedience. It wasn't easy, that's for sure. The same is required of us. We require obedience to God. Anything less and we are dissatisfied and unhappy. Take a look at your life today. Look around you and think about how you've been feeling. Do you feel like you've been fulfilling your purpose in life? Maybe your life isn't quite lining up with scripture. You'll know if that's the case. I hope you tune in to the first episode of our Imitator series that premiered this past Wednesday. The whole purpose of that series is to highlight a great person who imitated Christ and all they did so that we can have some inspiration in our imitation of Christ. There's something that needs to be said on this topic. As we're trying to figure out our purpose in life, are we imitating Christ, the Christ of Scripture? Or, in our daily lives, are we imitating the Christ of our making? This will take some serious introspection, but allow me to help. Think about this past week. When you've sinned, did you walk away with the thought, well, God will forgive me? You may have been upset you gave in, but you weren't truly heartbroken. You may have been mad at yourself for doing that thing, but you just sighed and tried to resolve to be better and try harder next time. We both know that you'll give in as quickly as you did the first time. On top of that, have you been feeling disinterested in the things of God? Maybe reading your Bible doesn't interest you. Or you feel like you have better things to be doing. Well, my friend, maybe the Christ you're following right now is a Christ that you have put on a shelf and you only want around when it's convenient for you. On the other hand, if you've sinned this week and you felt a terrible sorrow for your sin and you have begged and pleaded with God for mercy, You've been truly repentant of the things that you have been doing. And if you want more and more of Christ, then I would say you are on the right path to following the Christ of Scripture. Our purpose in life will never be as burdensome as that of Christ. But that's not to say that we won't be burdened. In fact, I would go as far to say that in order to accomplish our glorious purpose in life, then we must be burdened. The more burden, the more glory but how could we possibly hope to receive any glory if we're not giving glory to the glorious one? Dwell on that this week. And until we are brought together once again, may the Lord bless you and keep you. God bless.